In an online world that never sleeps, you can't afford to be off ever. So how do you keep rooms full, guests raving, costs down, and staff happy? SiteMiner is the world's leading hotel commerce platform that provides hoteliers like you with the tools you need to sell, market, manage, and grow your hotel business all from a single dashboard. It allows you to be present among top booking channels, connect with your guests, build loyalty, and boost revenue. This intuitive platform has everything you need to succeed in the world of online hotel commerce. To learn more and get 50% off your first six months of a 12-month contract, visit siteminder.com forward slash principles. That's siteminder.com forward slash principles. If you're thinking about what to focus on in your storytelling and your marketing, maybe check in with your team as well. Like what, what can your operational side really deliver on? And maybe what should you not focus on in your marketing right now, just because it's too difficult. Like maybe it's a service you can still provide, but not actively advertise for the time being. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Juliana Hahn. She's a content creator and copywriter specializing in writing for the hospitality and tourism industry. If you've ever been responsible for writing an email to a guest, promoting a new offering, or creating content for a website, this episode is for you. Like many, I've been frustrated with the process of creating content only to have it miss the mark. It's no easy task to create content that gets your message across in an engaging way, but also compels someone to want more and spend money at your business. We're talking about what effective copywriting means on this episode, and it's deeper than just putting words to paper. Juliana shares insights into finding your target audience, what effective copy actually looks like, and even touches on the rise of AI and guest communications. And be sure to listen to the end because we cover some brands that are doing a great job of this and you may want to emulate in your own hotel. So let's get to it. This is episode 109 of the Proven Principles podcast, Juliana Hahn on finding your story. Enjoy. Juliana, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's fantastic to, uh, to be here. Thanks a lot for having me. You got it. So uh, I have seen you on LinkedIn a lot. Um, you, you've got really great content that you're always putting out there. You've got, uh, really great tips and tricks for people to tell their story through copy and things that, uh, you know, I, I think, I mean, I've taken to heart uh, a lot of things as I've built out my business and even with this podcast here about how to like get the right story out there. So, you know, I really appreciate what you do, but rather than me just rambling about what you do, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your story, uh, what you do and how you got to where you are? Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. First of all, for, uh, for all the compliments. I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to hear that my content, uh, is getting seen that it, it helps people. Um, like, if it just helps one or two people out, then I'm already happy. Then it's uh, it's already doing its job, so that's great. Um, yeah, to uh, talk my talk about it myself a little bit. Um, I started out in hospitality quite early on. Actually, I think I was 16 or 17 when I took my uh, first job um, in breakfast service at a hotel. That was kind of to try out and see if I liked it, because back then already I kind of had the idea that I might want to go into uh, into hospitality. So. I, I did enjoy it and actually ended up studying hospitality management. I got to do quite a few internships in some great hotels in Switzerland and Thailand. 
Um, after that, I worked in hospitality, mainly in the F&B sector, in Jordan, in France, in the Caribbean. So I got to go to a lot of really cool areas and uh, really loved our industry. But um, I kind of missed uh, this creative aspect that I'd always really enjoyed during during school when we had um, any kind of research projects, writing projects. And um, so I, I started looking at how I could kind of combine hospitality and writing and somehow stumbled across copywriting. And after training with a, a PR agency for some time, I then um, yeah, struck out as a freelancer. And now I work as an independent copywriter and I um, create a lot of different types of content for uh, hotel tech companies, but also hotels and resorts. So like uh, website copy, uh, social media, um, blog posts, customer stories and the like. So yeah, that's my, my story in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Um, so you're talking with a lot of clients, um, you know, a global perspective for sure. You're based in Europe. Yes. Right now I'm based in Germany. I, I'd like to get your take on where, we are in hospitality right now from your perspective. I mean, big question, obviously, but you know, from what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, talking with clients, where, where are things right now? Cause it feels like hospitality is still a little bit in flux. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see a lot of that. Like there's on the one side, I think there's a lot of optimism about things uh, picking up about us leaving all of these, uh, COVID days, restrictions, uh, all of that behind us. And um, like really investing and trying something new and uh, rebuilding, rebuilding things. But then there's also a bit of caution, right? Like nobody wants to be too optimistic and uh, everyone's still a bit careful about, uh, uh, about their expectations and their, their plans for the future. And I see that in, in my work as well. Like even during COVID already, I got quite a lot of requests from uh, my hotel tech partners, but also from hotels who were looking at redoing their website, redoing their content, and really investing heavily so that they'd be ready for recovery. But then I also saw others that were kind of being a bit careful saying like, oh, I don't know if we can invest in this right now. We want to, we know it's important, but uh, we're not hundred percent sure about it yet. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, there's kind of this back and forth, uh, a little bit right now, but, uh, one thing that I see, especially with my work is that there is a growing awareness of it, that, um, like written content, copywriting is very important and that, um, it's important to focus on your, your website, right. As a, as a source of direct bookings, as a way to, to get your brand out there, to let people know about your property and not just relying on, uh, on ads, on OTAs, on uh, traditional travel agents, but actually taking this into your own hands. So for me, that's been quite cool to see that hotels are trying to do a lot more on their own and um, building their own presence rather than relying on someone else to do it. That's an interesting point. You know, we've actually, I've heard a few people echo what you're saying over, you know, over several episodes of the show here, where one of the tricks to succeeding in a world where OTAs or online travel agencies are taking more and more share is to use them as a, as a marketing tool or a search engine to drive people to your website, to then try to capture that booking once they actually go to your page. Uh, and so to your point, the, the content of the website and how it's put together and the flow of it and like, you know, everything that sort of tells the story, which maybe we can dive into that in a second here, uh, is, is so important. So putting that time and energy into making a great site, obviously, you know, goes without saying, but backing up a little bit, what 
makes a good story. How do you, so it's, it's one thing to sit here on a show and I have like two people say, yeah, just, you know, have better copywriting and you're going to be good. But tactfully speaking, what are the, or tactically speaking, what are the things that you really need to be looking at that actually make a difference? And how do you go about like putting those things in place? Because I I think that's a very difficult thing for people to do when they don't have the background that you do. Yeah, that's a... That's a good question, a very big question. I mean, you could you, there's books on on just parts, bits and pieces of that of that question. So uh, I'll try to uh, I'll try to uh, keep it a bit short. But yeah, it's um, I mean, like you said, it's important to have a, a great online presence, right? Not just your your website, but also your your social media, for example. But it's not enough to just put something out there and and let it sit there and and kind of uh, hope for the best, right? You want to really create something that reflects your your property, that reflects your style and what you're trying to do. And that's that's where I'm already getting into some of the important aspects of storytelling, right? So the first thing I always like to mention that I think is extremely important when you're you're talking or you're working on, uh, on your story is to look at who is your target audience what do they want from your hotel or what do they need from your hotel when they're booking, right? What, uh, what's motivating them? What's at the back of their mind? And then thinking about what do you offer and look at where do those points intersect, right? Where does the, the value that you provide, where does that intersect with what people need or what they're looking for? And then at this point, that's where you can start building your story. Now, if I talk about this intersection, it's not like, oh, someone wants a room and I have a room. It, it's a bit deeper than that, right? You need to you need to dig a little bit more, right? So for example, it could be um, maybe someone's looking for uh, a great family holiday, right? They're, they're taking their first big trip after COVID with, uh, with the whole family together. They want to have some uh, unforgettable experiences or maybe it's a, it's a family reunion. So a whole bunch of people are getting together for a fun time, like for with the grandparents and uh, the, the grandkids and like everyone's in one place. So what, um, what, what do they need? What, what could you offer them? So you really want to look closely at the types of people you're trying to attract and then look at what do they need? And then you already have some great points to, to start working with. And that comes to a next important, uh, part is like, what's your purpose, right? What are you trying to achieve? Again, yes, of course, you're trying to sell rooms and generate revenue. But when we're looking at storytelling, again, you want to go a little bit deeper than that and um, think, okay, you're trying to uh, create some great experiences. If you're talking about leisure guests, maybe you want to um, provide a great experience for couples going on a honeymoon or a romantic getaway. If you're talking about business guests, you want to make it as smooth, as hassle-free, as quick and painless as possible. And again, you've got all these points that you can tie into into your stories. And um, I think another very important point to mention is always that you also want to think of your story's purpose. So not just your, uh, your business purpose, but also your story's purpose. So why why are you focusing on a certain point? What are you going to achieve with that? And um, that helps you like pick out the right stories, but also tell them in the right context, right? Like when when would you tell a certain story and what do you want people to feel or think after that? Like, do you want to get them excited about your brand? Do you want to get them to maybe send you a request, a booking request or 
maybe you just want them to follow you on social media for now or subscribe to your newsletter and then kind of have you in the back of their mind for later for further down the road when they're actually ready to book so yeah with every story you tell you have to have this uh these points in in the back of your head so that you're you're going in um uh in a proper direction right like you want them to you want your stories to kind of link together to fit together so that you're creating a kind of a consistent uh, experience for people who who follow you or who check your website to see okay this this and that is what they're offering it looks clear across the website across the entire online presence and if you can tie that together properly then you create this consistent experience that builds trust among your target audience and then helps you push them to book whenever they're ready finding your target audience is one of those things that gets talked about a lot yeah but most hotels most hotel brands uh will try to be all things to all people and in doing that i get the sense that you're not really telling any story because you're just trying to be as plain and beige as you can be <laughs> so that you can sell as many rooms to as many people as you can. And we just recently had an experience like this. Uh, I just got back from a trip on, on Sunday night and you know, it's, it's December 7th right now. So we've only been home for a few days. Uh, and we stayed at two different hotels. One of them was a big box hotel on part of the trip. And then another one was a more boutique style, uh, property that, uh, catered to a different class of guests and the big box, obviously, you know, when you've got 800 rooms to fill, you're going to, you're going to do whatever you need to do to try to sell as, right. as many of those 800 rooms every night of the year as you can. And the boutique hotel, it's a lot easier to fill 30 rooms than it is to fill, uh, you know, 800 rooms. But I will say that, the big box hotel did try to cater to what I would think would be our very simple needs. We're just, we're, you know, it's, it's a small family. It's, you know, it's me and my wife and our 19 month old baby, uh, but fell short in a lot of different areas. And, and part of the areas that they fell short in were in uh, the ability for the staff to actually service the different types of guests in the hotel that had different needs because there were so many different types of people staying there, they couldn't possibly address the needs of every different type of person staying there because you do, it just mushrooms. There's just too many things going on on the yeah. property. Whereas the second place that we stayed, the smaller boutique property was far more, the staff were far more engaging. They had the time to connect and make the experience what it was. And there's not, I mean, I guess there's not so much a question here of, you know, what's the right business mix for a hotel? That, that's not the topic of discussion here today. But I guess the discussion is more about we've got listeners that work in those big box hotels and listeners that work in those independent hotels. What have you seen works really well in both of those arenas? Because the business needs at those two properties are completely different. So how does somebody working in a big box, like, you know, if they're in charge of this type of content for their, their company or their brand, what should they be focused on? And maybe this, maybe this, the next question will be, how do we do that for an independent hotel or boutique property? So I'll leave it to you. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, for a, a boutique property, I see usually a lot more opportunities almost than for one of these uh, these larger uh, hotels, just because they often have a more personal approach, right? They have a smaller number of guests, so there's a better chance of actually getting to know each guest, of really adapting to their needs and um, and taking really good care of them, even if the smaller hotels often also have the challenge of having uh, a smaller staff. Still, there, there seems to be an opportunity there to really get to know your your guests and really be be there for them properly. Uh, so there, I think boutique hotels actually have a bit bit of an advantage because they can um, they might have a, a more narrow target market, so they can they can focus on telling fewer stories and then really uh, just how do you say they um, they focus on telling fewer stories but more more consistently and more more regularly right like if you're a bigger hotel targeting a really really broad uh group of people then you have to tell a lot of different stories because you're trying to address so many needs so i think if you have this broad target audience i think you could still in your marketing at least focus down a little bit like maybe group a few of these these smaller niches together and see okay what what unites them like what what do all of these uh travelers have in common even though they have like slightly different backgrounds and and focus on those points again look for those intersections rather than looking for each individual little point that you could focus on like maybe uh see where where do uh, different people still have something similar that they're looking for? And it's almost like a, go, like a Venn diagram, right? Where you yes. start, you got like the yes, big exactly. circles, then where they intersect, that's the thing that you should focus on. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. or the 80 20. Analogy. You don't need to be, again, not all things, all people, but if you can find the commonality. Yes. Right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You can, you can go from there. Like for example, if you're looking at business guests, right, you might have uh, different types of business guests, like people who come to your hotel regularly, people who are in town for a conference, people who are part of a huge group staying at your hotel, like all of these business guests still have different needs because of the nature of their business travel. But then again, they all have that same need that they want things to be super easy, right? They don't want to spend a lot of time checking in and checking out because they do it, I don't know, maybe three times a week. So focus on on those things that they have in common rather than trying to market to all the little differences that they have. That'll I think that'll make it easier to also tell a coherent story. I guess the same thing for the big box hotels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've just got, you know, you've got... Um, business travelers, group travelers, leisure travelers, they're all going to have things that they need. And you can't possibly address every need that every one of those style of travelers has. Right. Nor should you position your hotel to be able to do that. Yeah, it's exactly. Just, you know, it's exactly. the, you don't have to be perfect. You just got to be good enough. And if you, <laughs> yeah. right? and if you can address yeah. like the most pressing things that people need, then you know, maybe doing away with a lot of the the fluff and the the things that yes. are operationally challenging might make the experience better because you, yeah. you're not setting the expectation from the outset. Yes, that's that's one thing that uh, that made me think of right now is like managing the expectations as well, right? I mean, the more you promise to your guests, the more they're going to expect, of course, and that way especially if you're you're already short staffed you're not really making things easier for your team if you're promising all sorts of things to all sorts of different people and then your team will have difficulties delivering on that at some point right so maybe 
if you're thinking about what to focus on in your storytelling and your marketing, maybe check in with your team as well. Like what, what can your operational side really deliver on? And maybe what should you not, uh, what should you not focus on in your marketing right now? Just because it's, it's too difficult. Like maybe it's a service you can still provide, but not actively advertise for the time being. That, you know, that's a really great point because the, the other thing with copywriting and I've experienced this myself is, is dropping the word and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Is like, what do you do? Well, we do this and we do this and we do this. And if you have too many ands, then nobody really knows what you do. Like, how do you, yeah. how do I know? Like too many, I was, it was described to me as if you have too many ands that you have, like in, in your answer to what do you do, you, you actually create, um, more of a drill down effect when the customer is is reading your content because then they're trying to figure out if any of your ands fit their needs whereas if you're a little slightly more broad like what what do they say like narrow but deep is the way to go mm -hmm. then a customer is much more likely to see your your property or your service uh be able to fit or adapt to what they're looking for. Whereas if you're shallow and broad, it's too much for the customer to try and figure out. And so they just say, forget it. This isn't going to work for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that's hundred percent true. And I think that, um, this, this overwhelm, right. That where, where you're saying people might think like, Oh no, too much. I'm not going to, not going to bother reading it all. I'm not going to bother trying to make sense of it all. Uh, then they'll check the, the competitor's website and maybe see something much simpler and be like, Oh yeah, I get this. That's for me. And they book there and, uh, leave your hotel by the wayside. And that's not, that's not what we want to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I've got to ask you now, you know, we were just talking in the kind of pre-show, um, preamble about AI. And there's just in the last, actually, it, it just made me think of this just in the last handful of days, I've seen more about like AI art and, you know, a lot of like, there's just a, a lot of news about artificial intelligence uh, and practical applications across, you know, different use cases and different industries. And I get marketing emails once a week minimum about, you know, AI chatbots on the website and you know, using those functions seems more prevalent. Um, actually, and I did see a story over the weekend that in a lot of cases, you can't even tell if you're interacting with AI on a website, it's gotten so sophisticated, but it does beg the question, how does this functionality, which I think is probably seeing more adoption because a lot of the staffing challenges that hotels are, are still are still not only are they dealing with, but now we're seeing layoffs because of economic conditions. Like, again, that's a whole other show, <laughs> but you know, if, when you're going in and, and you're, you say, okay, we're going to institute this tool on our website, but it has to fit into the, the voice of your brand, the voice. So it's got to kind of follow the same messaging pattern as your website. And it should probably speak and act as you want your employees to represent your brand. And so part of, so how you train your employees to interact with guests, your AI should, there should be a lot of mirroring there, but that feels to me like, like so overwhelming. I would never do it. I would, I would never focus on that. So <laughs> yeah. like, 
So, you know, as this new tool starts to come into play, somebody like yourself, you know, what are you looking at when it comes to AI applications in hospitality and how, how do we best like put them into place? And so it's, it's, it does the thing that you want it to do more than just serving as a replacement for an employee. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, even on, on my LinkedIn and all over the place, I've been seeing countless posts and articles about all the new possibilities of, uh, of AI. And I mean, it's not, it's not like it's all new and like it just came up, but I guess with the, with the new publication, um, of open AI there, uh, it's, uh, it's just much more present in everyone's mind, but I've seen a lot of hotels actually use these uh, these chatbots, for example, very very well, and I think it it's a it's a great resource for hotels because I mean it it does save your your employees time, right? If people on can be on the website, they type in a question rather than just spending an extra few minutes like checking out your your site, trying to find exactly what time check-in is or what time breakfast opens or how much it costs or something like that, right? These basic and very simple questions can easily be handled by one of these uh, AI bots. And as they become more sophisticated, I'm sure they can even take on more, more difficult questions. I think there, it's just important when you're setting it up to, like you said, make sure it, uh, it uses your hotel's voice, it's, uh, it's on brand, it addresses your guests properly, and um, I do work with one client who uh, who provides such a, a chatbot, and they actually go through an intensive setup process with their clients to make sure that all of that is is taken care of, so that that goes well once it's uh, once it goes live. Um, but of course, it can't completely replace your your personal interactions either, right? Like if there's a, po- a point where your bot just can't deal with the question anymore. It can't, it can't answer it. Like it's too complex. Then of course you have to hand it off to, um, one of your, one of your, uh, staff because otherwise the, the customer experience will suffer again because, okay, first everything was going well because they were getting their answers quickly and they were happy, but now they've hit a dead end and they're going to get frustrated because they can't get to where they want. And again, they might, they might bounce and book, uh, by an OTA or by a, um, or just with a competitor. It definitely begs a question, like what are the frustrating aspects of copy in AI that customers deal with that we're just not addressing or that you're seeing aren't addressed? And so maybe kind of flip flip the script a bit. And you just brought up a point that, uh, again, you know, I've experienced myself, I'm sure other listeners have too, where you go on to, you know, what, you know, whatever service, whatever website you're going to for whatever your need is. And the, the chatbot is is effectively another version of a phone tree when you call yes. into somewhere where there now I, and I don't even know if this is true but it's like we want to route you to the right place I don't even know if that's necessarily true because like in my experience there isn't there's no routing anywhere I mean I would almost always go to the same operator <laughs> in uh you know at a hotel with a phone tree but I've, I just recently actually, and I'm going to call them out Expedia. It was, it was a disaster. I got into their AI chat system and, and it just, it was this never ending me trying to figure out what options were presented to me fit as close as possible to the thing I needed fixed. And none of them were what I needed fixed. And so I would just end up in this like never ending backtracking and refreshing the website to re-engage the chatbot to then go down a different path on the 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 chatbot tree the phone tree 
And it, it's incredibly frustrating. So, you know, what are some of the things I know we're kind of zeroing on an AI, but maybe if we just could take a broader perspective now, what are some of the things in your experience that really frustrate customers that in this whole discussion about crafting your story and figuring out your voice, need what are the primary things that that we can address to to fix those customer frustrations? I think one of the main issues is not getting the information you want fast enough or getting wrong information, right? So um, when you when you go to a hotel website, you'll probably know this from your own experience, you go there with a purpose, right? You wanna find out if the hotel is right for you, if you've decided you like the property, you wanna check, uh, do they have availability for the dates I'm traveling? What's the price? And do they offer things I need? That could be breakfast, that could be early check-in, that could be an airport transfer, uh, maybe a pool, maybe, um, like a, a kid's zone, like whatever it may be, you want to know, do they have it? Uh, is it at a price point that I'm willing to pay? Yes or no. And then you want to make your decision, right? You don't want to spend hours looking for all this information because you're probably not going to be checking this at just one property, right? If if this is like your, your big family vacation that you're doing once a year, you're probably going to check multiple places to find the right one because you want this to be something special. And so you want to make it as easy as possible for your site visitors to find all this information. Now, again, here we are with uh, targeting different people. Everyone has different questions. Everyone has different needs. So it can be difficult to make all your information available quickly and easily because there's so much to share. Like the bigger your hotel is, of course, the more different uh, bits of information you, you have to uh, publish. And now you want to do it in a way that it's still easily readable, that still keeps your readers engaged, but also provides all the details they need. So there's really, it's not, it's not easy, right? So it's, um, you really can't blame people for, for getting it wrong or for having to try a few different ways to do it until they get it right. And that's actually the beauty about a website. Nothing is ever set in stone. You can always go in, you can tweak something. If you see something doesn't work, you try a different way, right? And that's what I would encourage people to do because even if you're working with a, a web designer, right? Or a professional um, copywriter, then maybe you have to try a few different things. Like even the best expert might not be able to immediately recommend the best solution. They can probably give you two or three good options. And then it depends on your target market, on your property, uh, which one will actually perform best. So I definitely recommend some trial and error. Um, but there are a few things you can do to provide this information more, more easily. Yes. It's a good point though. Like what are some data points to look at to know whether or not your messaging is working? Oh, I mean, your Google Analytics, for example, will give you all sorts of, of good information. Like they give you a, a wealth of data. I mean, you have to uh, really know your way around to, to understand everything that they're telling you. But there's a few quite simple things actually you can look at. For example, uh, your bounce rate, right? So when people come to your, uh, to your homepage or maybe your room descriptions, but they leave after one or two seconds, then you probably know that something isn't exactly right. Like they see, they see what you're presenting and for some reason they don't like it because if they just take such a, a quick look at it and decide, oh, it's not for me, then there's something wrong. So either you're getting the wrong people to uh, your website, like maybe not your target market that don't want what you're offering, or you're not presenting it in a way that's clear to them, that shows them, hey, 
this is, I have exactly what you want, uh, get some more information here. So, um, that's one point that you can, that you can look at your, um, your bounce rate. Um, another thing that's very interesting is to, uh, look at, the, um, the session development. So where do people go? Like do, where do they reach your website from? Maybe they reach your homepage or um, they reach uh, one of your room description pages. And then where do they go from there? So if from your homepage, they click through to your restaurant and then they check out your rooms and they check out your, uh, your meeting spaces, that means you've really engaged someone if they're actually going to all these different pages. But if you see that, again, they leave really quickly, then maybe there's something that uh, they didn't like. And then there you can drill a bit deeper and see which page do most people leave from? Like maybe you're losing a lot of people um, on the last page of your uh, your bookings, right? So maybe maybe there's something there. Maybe the, um, the booking flow is too, too difficult and too long. So maybe there's something you can optimize there. Um, maybe... Again, it's your your room description page. Everyone everyone leaves because it's uh, it's too long or it's not interesting enough. Uh, so there's there's a lot of uh, uh, information you can get out of just these these few data points. And um, another one that's interesting that belongs into this group is how long people spend on one page. Like if they if they spend ten seconds, fifteen seconds, um, like how how engaged are they? How interested are they? Um, and then yeah, you can you can go from there and find pages to tweak. Are there any industry, I guess, sort of benchmarks to know whether or not, like to your point, like how long somebody stays on a page or, or how quickly somebody leaves your site. Are there any metrics that are generally thought of as to be, yeah, if you're hitting like this number, you're generally doing pretty good. Yeah, there there are like in terms of um, of conversion rates for hotels, but there uh, it really it varies a lot, like depending on what, uh, what type of property you are, um, like your, your size and, and things like that. There's a lot of, uh, um, conflicting data out there as well. Um, and again, it also, it also varies a lot by, by industry, right? So if you look at hospitality versus e-commerce, uh, for example, I mean, there's, there's big differences there. Uh, so it's, it's a bit difficult to, to talk about like general benchmarks, but one thing that you can look at is, okay, what are your current, what's your current data? And then if you make some changes, how does it change, right? Like once you've updated your, your homepage or your room description or your, your booking path, once you've done that, check back in after a few weeks and see, okay, has my session time gotten longer? Has my bounce rate reduced? Because I think rather than trying to aim for like a, a general benchmark, I think it's better to compare your own results and see how much have you improved, right? And to keep trying to make that just a little bit better, a little bit better every month, then you're, I think you're gaining a lot more than by going after some uh, like general, general benchmark. Yeah, that, that's actually a good point. You know, another tool that I know has been used, uh, and we we've actually used it too. And this 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 get this borders on on creepy, um, <laughs> but but it gives you really good data. Is there are services out there that will do screen recording or session recordings for websites, and so you can actually get a video of people visiting your site, and you can see you know where their cursor is and how they scroll down and where they stop and how long they stop and where they go in. And it's just another, so if you're, if you look at Google analytics and it's just like, I don't I don't understand what I'm looking at here. A session recording service might be good for you because you could just ver- visually see the path that people uh, follow when they're on your page. And, uh, you know, we've used it in the past and on our 
our vacation rental booking uh, company's website and just to see, because we were, we were doing exactly what this entire episode is about is we were creating copy and trying to figure out what our voice is going to be and where does everything go and how is the site laid out? And so we really needed data to do that properly rather than just relying on one developer's opinion of how other sites should look when really it's, it's just a template and he's using copy that we provided, you know, which, you know, we did use professional, a mix of professional and in-house. And yeah, you know, these data points, they really are helpful Uh, because, you know, in our own personal experience, like it, it did help us develop our site in a, in a way that like we went into it thinking, oh, this is how people are going to interact with it. And that wasn't true at all. We really had to sort of break it out and, and fix the, the construction of it uh, in a way that made sense. So yeah, you know, I, I do encourage any listener who is in a position to have to manage these things, which is really geared more towards marketing managers uh, and directors anyway, that, um, you know, there are a lot of options out there if you're just lost and you don't know how to do this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a a really great point, actually, to look at how people use your your uh, your different pages, right? Like how how would they navigate your homepage, or how do they navigate uh, your your spa or your your restaurant pages? Like that can give such great points about okay, where do they look first, or where do they spend most of their time? So maybe you want to put a button there, or maybe you want to highlight your your latest promotion there, or um, I mean that gives you a whole a host of new opportunities to promote things that you're offering, to to draw people in, to build some more interest, to highlight your USPs. I mean, you could go, you can go on and on with, uh, with things you could do with that. So I think that combined with some of your, uh, analytics data is a fantastic resource. And I think you can, um, you can definitely go through that and gain a lot from that, even without being like, uh, an SEO specialist or a website designer, like you could really learn a lot from that and, uh, and use that to your advantage. So you brought up the last thing I wanted to talk about today, promotions and calls to action. Um, what are a couple of high level points that listeners should be focused on when they're, they're crafting these it's cause it's easy to, it's easy to be too wordy or not wordy enough <laughs> and it just falls flat. So how do you get people interested in your, in your promotions and your calls to action? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because I mean, like you said, you, you want to communicate all the important information, but you don't want to talk too much because then you lose people. Uh, so I think for, if we look at calls to action first there, you want to be, you want to be short. You want to maybe highlight that, um, that one benefit that you were already looking at in your, uh, in your, in your copy previously and kind of drive it home and tell people, you know, to do it right now and, uh, just, sign up, book now, whatever, like keep it, keep it short and concise. Maybe, like I said, bring in that final benefit one more time and say, okay, you get, uh, you get this advantage only if you, if you book right now, or you get some, something special, if you sign up for our newsletter right now, um, and just, yeah, kind of round out your round out everything else that you were talking about and yeah, just keep it short. Don't, don't make it too complicated. Don't make it, uh, too, too cute or too funny because otherwise people might not understand people. might think it's, it's too clever. You lose them and, and they're gone. Right. Um, overall for other pages, like for your content, it really, it really depends on what page we're talking about, right? Like on your, on your homepage, 
you do want to keep things quite concise, right? You're introducing all of your different, uh, different services, like your, uh, of course, your rooms, your F&B, your events, and so on and so forth. So you really just want to kind of scratch the surface a little bit and show overall what do you offer. Like if we're talking about function space, for example, is it like, do you offer huge function spaces where you can have uh, like, um, like massive weddings or you have like uh, annual meetings for, for companies? Is it is it that big or do you focus more on like smaller meetings, like a boardroom style, things like that? So you want to make that clear from the beginning so that people who are looking for big meetings don't waste their time if that's not what you're offering. Or um, if you do offer it, like make it clear right away. You have it. They're in the right place. They can they can click through to the next page. Um and then if they do click through to the next page, that's where you want to have more of your details, right? You want to give all the information about the different services you offer for events. You want to give the details about your, your event venues, uh, maybe all your, um, like if you're doing virtual events and, and whatnot, right? All of that uh, goes in there. But again, you want to break it down into easy to read subsections, make it easy for people to find, use like bold headings, show them, okay, here we're talking about this, then this is the next topic. So they can easily skim, find the parts that they need, uh, quickly go through them. And again, see if it's right for them, see if it's not. Like that. that's all, also important, right? If uh, um, you want to make it easy for people to say yes, but also to say no, because if uh, a lot of leads that don't really work for you reach out, then you're both losing time. So you, you're helping both sides by, by avoiding that. That's a good point. Um, okay. Last, last question, then we'll wrap here. Uh, and not to put you on the spot, but, or honestly, or highlight any brands, but I, I would like to get your thoughts on if somebody sometimes, sometimes revamping existing copy is more difficult than starting from scratch. Yes, that is true. If somebody is just trying to figure out where do I start, are there any brands out there in hospitality or maybe not in hospitality, just maybe that have, that have figured out how to do this, everything that we talked about for the last 40 minutes here, they're doing it well. Where could somebody look to get some inspiration on a good example of what we've been talking about today? Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it really depends it, and it yeah. doesn't have to line up. Like if the, it doesn't matter if the brand voice is completely different than the company that is looking for it, but just like, yeah, these guys are doing it well. Like maybe you want to emulate what they've done. Right. So there's, there's a few brands that, that I quite like, and they have, they have quite different styles, right? So uh, one of them is uh, 25 hours. I don't know if you, I don't know if you have those in the States, but here in Europe, they're, they're expanding quite a lot and they, um, like every hotel, like in every city, they, they try to take some influence from their local surroundings. So in their, in their furnishing, in the food that they offer, in uh, just their design, their website, like everything, they always try to incorporate something from, uh, from their local surroundings, which gives them more of this sense of place and makes it feel less like just another chain, but actually like a, yes, a branded hotel where you can expect certain standards in every different city, but also uh, something that is aware of its location, right? And uh, and gives you this local experience rather than this um, anonymous cookie cutter kind of thing that you might see at, uh, at some other chains. And they do that really well in their, in their copy and their content as well. So they use this local influence, not just in their 
like in their physical setting, but also online. And it, it really, it's like this red thread that goes through their, their social media, their website. And it just draws you in with a really fun and like youthful modern style. So that's uh that's one brand that I could uh, recommend looking at just because of the way they consistently do this just everywhere, like across their whole site, their entire online presence. It's, it's really, it's really great. Um, and then another one that I think does well, or actually two that do really well in this, uh, in the luxury sector is, uh, one and only and Aman, both of those brands, they do, they do a great job at conveying this, uh, exclusivity, um, like their, uh, especially Aman, like the website is like very clean, very sleek. Uh, so they, they have an entirely different style from like, for example, this 25 hours, but obviously they also have a very different uh, target market. They have very different properties. So I think if you look at those kind of next to each other, you'll see how you can do this uh, storytelling, branding, using your voice in two very different ways, but very, very well in, in both instances. So I think those could be two, two good brands to check out. Yeah. Yeah. 25 hours, one and only in a month. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think all three of them are, are firing on all cylinders. There's no doubt. Um, Juliana, we could, we could talk about this for a long time, um, yes. <laughs> but I appreciate you coming on and, and giving, uh, you know, some high level points about a very important topic. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about you or what you're up to, where should they go? Well, you can uh, check me out on LinkedIn under Juliana Hahn. There, uh, like you already kindly pointed out at the beginning, I share content regularly about uh, copywriting and storytelling for hotels and resorts. Um, but of course, you can also check out my website. It's hospitality-copywriting.com. I uh, create um, tutorials, blog posts every so often. And I do also have a book there about storytelling for hotels. So if you want to dive a bit deeper into the topic, then uh, yeah, feel free to check that out. Sounds good. We'll link to everything in the show notes. Juliana, again, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Adam. It was great. I appreciate your questions and your time. And uh, yeah, if, uh, if you have anything else, just always feel free to reach out. This was my episode with Juliana Hahn. You could find her on LinkedIn and her website, hospitality-copywriting.com. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not a subscriber to the podcast, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For past episodes or to get in touch with us, just go to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at the Proven Principles Podcast, or you can find us on LinkedIn. I'm Adam Knight, and you've been listening to the Proven Principles Podcast. Until next time.